We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Continue from where we left off last week, right? We stopped around where we, we got to understand that as sons of God, we are ambassadors. And because we are ambassadors, we are the responsibility of our sending country. Right? The country that sends us is a country that is responsible for us. We are not out somewhere as ambassadors and paying our own bills. Our bills, our welfare, our security, our protection. You know, the funny thing is an ambassador sometimes can be as highly protected in a strange country as the president of that country would be if he visited. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they have the same level of diplomatic immunity. They have the same ears of those that matter in power because they have the power of the ascending country backing them up. Backing them up. And we are ambassadors of heaven because that's where we are from, right? Our citizenship is of heaven. We're not trying to make heaven. We are from heaven. Our passport reads heaven. Heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our passport reads the Basilia of God. We, according to Galatians 4, we are the Israel. Galatians 6, rather. We are the Israel of God. The Israel of God in Galatians is not referring to Israel, the Jews, but the Israel of God. Can we see that? Let's just look at that. You know, Paul says to greet the Israel. I don't know if anybody has paid attention to that scripture or pondered what it means before now. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 15, from verse 15, because that's where the context comes. The pretext delivers the context. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Put it in the tippity. Circumcision doesn't mean a thing to me. The only thing that really matters is living by the transforming power of this wonderful new creation life. Number 16. And all those who live in agreement with this standard will have true peace and God's delight for they are. <laughs> That's exciting. The message. Verse 16. All who walk by the standard are the true Israel of God. So there is Israel, the nation. And there is the Israel of God. Look me here. As I is like this. I is the Israel of God. That's my passport. I am the, because it says in the previous verse, circumcision doesn't matter. Uncircumcision doesn't matter. Abraham was only circumcised in that covenant that he may be the father of both the circumcised and the uncircumcised. Paul deals with that in this letter. So what matters is that we are under the banner of God's grace and people who are under that banner and walk according to that reality are the Israel of God. Hello? So there's Israel in the literal sense and there's Israel in the metaphorical or the allegorical sense. There's Israel for what it is. I've taught you guys in DSTP. And there's Israel for what it represents. So I'm not Israel for what it is and I don't need to go there for what it is. But we are Israel for what it represents, the Israel of God in Christ Jesus. And because we are the Israel of God, we have the commonwealth of Israel, wherever we are sent on assignment, as we saw last week, our ascending country backs us up. Backs us up. It's his bill. It's his protection. 
are things that I don't pray for as an ambassador. I don't have to believe God for breakfast, lunch, and dinner as an ambassador. I don't need to believe God for protection as an ambassador. It is my kingdom right. Yes, sir. It's my kingdom privilege. It's what I enjoy because I am at my place of assignment. I'm only afraid and have cause to be if I am not at my place of assignment. But we are at our place of assignment as ministers of the New Testament. As ministers entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we left up last week. Let's continue this week. Jesus, therefore, as son of God, as the first ambassador, who was the one that handed down the ministry to us, right? As ambassador, as son of God, enjoyed the privilege of the ears of the father. And it's important because what God is not hearing from his word, he will not do. I was speaking yesterday and I said to them, I showed them the scripture in Galatians 3, where it says that and scripture, foreseeing that the Gentiles will be saved by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham. And I took them to Romans 3 and showed them how if you have righteousness, it has to come from faith in Christ Jesus. There's, because verse 21 of Romans 3 says that the, for now the righteousness uh, apart from the law has been revealed. Righteousness apart from the law. And that righteousness is from faith, verse 22, from faith which is in Christ Jesus. So there is no righteousness apart from that which is of faith in Christ Jesus. So if scripture says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness, it cannot be a righteousness apart from the law because God does not reckon with that as righteousness. If it's not a righteousness from the law, because even the law did not exist at the time that Abraham believed God, it had to be a righteousness which is from faith. And faith in who? In Christ Jesus. So what gospel did Abraham heard? The gospel of Christ Jesus. That was what he believed and therefore it was credited to him for righteousness God speaks what he does God speaks there's the speaking there's the hearing and there's the doing it, it, it when God speaks when the word goes forth it is reckoned as done because it is reckoned as done it comes to pass do you understand God is not trying to do as long as there is a word a logos of what he intends to do it is done the word literally goes forth to perform itself do you understand? The word performs itself because it is his word. So it cannot but perform. That's why he said that the word, so shall every word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return void, but the word shall. He didn't say I shall. But the word shall accomplish that for which I sent it. The word is armed with all the equipment required for it to come to pass. Once it has been uttered from the mind of God. Are you following me? Yeah. So it's important that you have the ears of him who is the word. That you say what his word is saying. Because he will reckon with what you are saying. That is in line with what he said. Are you following me? You will speak the word according to what is written. Jesus came according to what is written. He asked and spoke the mind of the father because he knew what the mind of the father was. He knew what was captured in the logos of the father. Not necessarily what was written in the book or in the scriptures, but what he had decoded from the mind of the father by being the son of God. You know, there's what is written and there's what is revealed from the mind of God. Sometimes, in most times, using what is written. So I'm speaking truth to you now. Right? Right? But the words with which I'm speaking to you truth 
at the end of a two-hour teaching, maybe only 10 or 15% of it is actually written. Are you following me? But by the Spirit of God, he unpacks the mind of God from what is written. Beyond what is written. Within the remit of what is written. So what I've just said to you now is not in the Bible. But it is Bible. Explaining the scriptures by the Spirit of God. That's the gift of teaching. Do you understand that? So Jesus enjoyed the ears of the Father. He could speak because he is the custodian of the logos of God. So he could speak the will of God and God pretty much has no choice but to respond. That's why he will make that boast as it were in John 11 and say, I, I, I thank you because you hear me always. No exception. He had the ears of the father. What a privilege. What a privilege. Let's look at that scripture. John eleven forty one. 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. The guy hadn't prayed. The guy wasn't praying. I thank you that you have heard me. So Jesus stood in a state of perpetuity. He stood in a state of constantly knowing that my father has heard me. That is instructive. Because what it means is that Jesus never prayed to receive. (laughs) And if we are imitating, it means there's a problem with us if we are praying to receive. I thank you because you have heard me. That is that is that is very very emphatic. You have heard me. I thank you because you have heard me. That's 41. He gets even more emphatic in 42. He gets even worse, more provocative in John 11:42. And I know That you always hear me. Me. That is the sonship I've imitated. That I am in my father's house. I thank you that you have heard me. And I thank you that you always hear me. So for some of you, you cannot understand why Pav doesn't have to pray every time he starts to preach. It's religion. May we now have a word of prayer. Who sent you? (laughs) To him that prays when he was not led to pray. To him that prayer is seen. James says it. When we are led to pray, we pray. We are not led to pray, we don't pray. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we can be teaching now and start to sing. Say it's teaching time. You know it's Jesus time. It's his time. It's his chronos. He can do whatever he wants with it. And because we are tuned to the frequency at which he's transmitting, what we hear him say is what we will do. No explanation. So we come and we know, if I showed up to do ministry, God showed up with me. I don't show up for ministry now looking for God to back me up. So if we ever are led to pray, it is so that somebody sitting in the room can know and believe. Not because we need to pray imitate. You can bite me all you want, but that's what I saw my elder brother do. 
I know that you always hear me. But because of these people who are around here, that's why I even said that thing that I said. So that somehow they will believe that when I say my father sent me, it will make sense to them. Jesus had the ears of the father perpetually. Not dependent on anything, least of all his performance. He said, I know that you always hear me. That is such a strong statement. You always hear me. John 8. Back up a little bit. John 8 and 29. He who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone. Are you hearing Jesus? The father has not left me alone. For I always do those things that please him. We dealt with this in the authority of Jesus and the apostles. Now we see in the privilege, he says, the father has not left me. He who sent me is with me. And it was what Jesus enjoyed that he bequeathed to us when he was leaving. Because you see, he had the Holy Spirit. It's Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and fire. He, Jesus, was full of the Holy Ghost. In Luke 4, I believe, after the temptation, he says, and he arrived from the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. Luke 4, 1. Can you see it? Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Jesus being filled. So how did Jesus operate? By the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? By the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When he was leaving, he literally gave to us the tools of his trade. Carpenter has finished doing carpentry. And he's leaving. He now gathers all the tools that he used to make himself a successful carpenter and gives you. So he says, stay here until you be endued with power from on high. For you shall receive the same power I operated with after the Holy Spirit I operated by comes upon you. And you shall be my witness. And this is, I'm not teaching you about witnessing today because the word witness does not mean the one who saw something happen. The Greek word for witness is the word evidence by doing. So when Jesus says you shall be my witness, you shall be the evidence of what I did by your doing the same. That's what witnesses mean. A witness is not one who saw and can therefore testify or attest to what happened. Uh -uh, that's English definition of witness. A witness also is beyond somebody that disturbs you preaching a gospel or a message. A witness is one who literally practicalizes what he has come into. Are you following me? You have a conviction and you are practicalizing that conviction. You can only do what Jesus did by doing it how Jesus did it. So doing what Jesus did, the way that he did it, is you witnessing Jesus. <laughs> are you here this afternoon? And how do you get that? By using the equipment that he used. So if he used the automated power drill, 
and you come with a screwdriver, there's a problem. There's a problem. If you use the nail gun and you come with nail and hammer, there's a problem, sir. Because there'll be something wrong with your finishing. You will destroy a lot of the raw material in the process. And a lot of us are trying to do stuff using different tools than Jesus used. We're trying to do ministry employing tools that Jesus did not use. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So he says in John 8, 29, that my father who sent me is always with me. And that's why Pav and those that are following him believe that we cannot come into the mood of worship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's not a mood that you come in and go out of. Willy-nilly, anyhow you like, hunky-dory. No, it's not a mood. It's a mood. We have come in. You have come to Mount Zion. You have come to the Holy Jerusalem. You have come to the city of the living God. You have come to the innumerable company of angels. You have come to the blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. You have come to Jesus Christ, the firstborn. You have come. Having boldness to come by the blood. We have come. Not we will come. So when I go anywhere for ministry, he, he is with me. If he was not there before, the moment I stepped in, he arose. Are you here? And that's the confidence you must have. That when you pray, it is a declaration of your reality in God through Christ. Not you trying to access anything. We have the ears of the Father. That's the privilege of sonship. Okay, let me say for myself. I have the ears of the father. That is my privilege as a son. You can sit there and envy me all you like. I have the ears of my father. If I speak anything in his hearing, he has heard. Do you understand? He I thank you, Father, for you have. I have the ears of my Father. What a privilege. <laughs> Don't come and question my access in God. Don't do it. Don't try it. I won't keep my mouth shut. You are the devil. You are of your father, the devil. Regardless of whatever religious title you go by. Yes, if you come and belittle sons of God. And reduce them to realms and dimensions. I am a son of God. Yes, Full access. Full access. I'm not entering it step by step. I'm not entering it line by line. No, 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 no. I'm entering the understanding of that reality line by line. I'm entering the reality. Do you understand what I'm saying? Step by step, I'm coming into epignosis of that reality. But the reality is absolute today, now. It is me that taught you that some people in the school of the spirit, some people have more mileage than others. Some people have used this reality more than others. But the reality is the same. It's the same. We have access. We'll take your seats. Let's finish this. <laughs> we have access. We have access. Hebrews 10. Let's go there and finish this. Hebrews 10, 19. Omalako sepa jada hala. 
<laughs> Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't say by the second blood. Blood, healing, blood, sanctification, blood, justification, blood, access, blood, sonship, blood, privilege, blood, authority, blood, one blood, one blood, once and for all. Once and once for all. Otherwise, don't ever sing, there is power mighty in the blood. Because you don't understand the power that is mighty. Blood saved you and then keeps you only this place. You need another type of blood. A different portal of blood to bring you in. Therefore having boldness to enter the holiest. By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way. Watch this carefully. It's in English. In fact, let me show you how easy it is for you to understand King James. Go back again from the beginning of, of verse 19. King Jimmy. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Hold on, stay here. They asked him, you keep talking about the father. How shall we know when we don't know the way? He replied in verse 6 of John 14, I am, I am the way. Therefore, having boldness to come by a new and living. Let's stop guessworking scripture and, start, and stop trying to use calculation. Scripture explains itself. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am come that they might have life. New life. By that new life and living way. Which he had consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say through his flesh. Which other access are you looking for? Which other access are you looking for? It's very clear. New by the blood. New and living way through the veil. Veil is his flesh. The barrier between God and man removed eternally. Eternally. There is no barrier between God and man. Full access. Immediately. Now. And all it takes is for you to step into that understanding. There's some nonsense in your life that will stop immediately. Now. Me, I'm very stubborn. Thoughts come into my, I'm very imaginative. My dark room, you know dark room, I used to watch picture those days. My dark room is very active. And there's nonsense that can come. I, first time I'll be quiet, it will come again, I will open my mouth alone, speak out loud. Say, what nonsense? I, I raise a standard against you. I will speak out loud. I must let you know because it's, that's how I will leave this nonsense. Devil can start to feel like he can make it happen. I will open my mouth. I am alone. I am not in church. I don't have my wife. I don't have anybody. I'm alone there. I will stop what I'm doing and talk to that nonsense. I say, hey, I'm a son of God. Don't bring that nonsense here. It doesn't happen in your mind. You will open your mouth. 
You see a fire, you see somebody, if you see something burning in your kitchen, your mouth and declare there can be no fire in this house because the Son of God lives here. Declare it. You see robberies, you see kidnapping, open your mouth. I declare it almost every day. Father, I believe a gun will never be pointed at my head. I believe, I declare it every day. My family will not be a victim of rape. I will not be a victim of armed robbery. My house will not be boggled. I will not be kidnapped. I constantly enforce my reality. Keep your mouth shut at your own peril. You think this journey is for people who are being cute and nice and just going through, hey, this thing is real. This thing is real. Don't let the pride that engulfs this city take you down with it. There's so much entitlement and pride around here. People come and feel like, don't push me. Don't move me. You know, allow me to do it at my pace. It's a myopic, uninformed pride. Fueled by ignorance at its very best. You come and sit down if you're looking cute. People are talking like, no, I don't need to talk. Wait until life happens to you. Or start speaking now. And enforcing the privilege of access that you have. And even when it appears that your reality is not lining up, don't you dare stop speaking. Because sonship always wins. Sonship, disregard your scars. Sonship always wins. Disregard your tears. Sonship always wins. Disregard the amount of times you have failed. Sonship always wins. It doesn't matter who rejected you. Sonship always wins. It doesn't matter how difficult it is now. Sonship always wins. You better give God praise in here. Like you know. We have privilege guys. Wake up to it. Stop walking around and feeling like a refugee in your own country. We have access. We have access. We have, we have not scratched the surface of the access we have. We have not scratched the surface. How can Elijah stand and say there shall be no rain? Or dew? Just in case you think if there's no rain, dew will do the job. No rain or dew except at my word. He didn't say except at the word of God. There shall be no rain or dew except I say so. The engineer in charge of water board in heaven. Just closed the pipe. That was the end. No negotiation. No, is this the will of God? What is the memo that was raised? To justify this thing. Who is the honorable elder that is sponsoring this bill? Among the 24 elders in heaven. What is the of it? And it's sickness you cannot off. It's poverty you cannot off. One stupid demon press you in the night you cannot off. Tell your neighbor off it. Oh they are pressing me. This is how they are doing me. Off it. Because I have access. And you notice I am not saying this in the excitement of the flesh. I have access. That's why I'm not laughing. I, I have access. Because every conviction is tested. It's beyond this euphoria. Life will test your conviction. But seriously. 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 
David is running from Saul. All David has as evidence is a horn of oil on his head. That's all. David does not have, he does not know what the foam on the throne feels like. He does not know what the room in Saul's inner chamber feels like. He, has, he was just given a word that you shall be king. Your king shall be an everlasting kingdom. And oil was emptied on his head. And he went back after the oil to the sheep. Lest you think anointing changes your level. Dripping of a whole horn of oil. See, some of you that like oil. If we anoint you according to Old Testament, you will hate it. Have you seen a ram's horn in Israel? That horn is full of olive oil. And they literally empty the horn on your head. So when you are anointed, there's nobody here that is wearing the right attire or fabric that can handle to your underwear. It will soak right down. Go and read scripture. When David said, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. When he says that the oil flows from Aaron's head down to his beard, though he's scared. Think is that little thing we touch on your forehead and you're feeling embarrassed already. If you want anointing by oil, if I anoint you once, you will never want it again. You will ne- by the time we say anointing service, you, you will dodge. Or you see people entering here, they have used nylon bag to sew jacket. Sew jacket. Cover yourself. When they finish anointing as you're going out, you remove the thing. Pour the oil on him. That's all the evidence he had. The promise of God's word. Somebody else knew how to read prophetic signals. Saul. Saul's there chasing David. All David had was oil on his head. All Saul needed as proof was oil on the head of David. Because it's by the same oil Saul came into kingship. So Saul knew what oil on the head of a person for kingship meant. So Saul left the palace and came after the king. Because as far as God's word was concerned, David was king. Saul was now a guerrilla fighter who just had access to control of kingdom resources. But David was king. David is rare, running from Saul. All David had was a word. Oil on his head. On the strength of the boldness, the big mouth of that oil, he entered the tabernacle. He said, my men and I are hungry. Give us food. He said, no. There's no food, sir. All we have is God's bread. Sir, the bread of God. Every day they used to change it. Fresh bread, unleavened bread that they used to serve for God to eat. The guys told David, all we have is God's bread, fresh. David entered the place. Took the bread of God. Ate it and passed it on. Plugged his disciples into the promise. Took it, blessed it, broke it, ate it, gave it to his disciples. If you eat this, you will not die. David entered, took it, broke it, ate it, gave his disciples. He told them, calm down. I am king. Eat. Nothing go do una. Nothing go do una. God cannot violate his word given to me. That word God gave me should count for some form of access. David, 
Go and check David's story. They will gather in the outer court. The Gentiles will gather outside. The normal Hebrews will gather in the outer court where the brazen lava is. And then the priest will go into the holy place. And then the high priest will go into the most holy place. Unbelievers and Gentiles stayed outside the tabernacle. Yeah. Behind the 12 tribes of Israel gathered informations of three. David receives the word. Sees the promise. Comes. Removes that whole order. And says, I have received the word. I have seen the word. It gives me access. Let's redesign this tabernacle. He removes the most holy place. He removes the holy place. He removes the outer court. He opens the whole thing. David carried the ark of covenant. That was only something that only the high priest used to see. David carried the ark of covenant. Put it in the open. In the middle of the tent. In the tabernacle of Moses, man, go and read the things that were there. In the tabernacle of David, he just put God in the center and said, everybody come, nothing will do you. And Levites are there. Sons of the prophet, priests, watching David, who is not a Levite, upset the priestly system because he got a small glimpse of sonship. Small glimpse of sonship. David turned everything. He didn't ask God, God, shall I? He just removed everything. Everything. And put it there. And in that day, David said, Jew, come. Gentile, come. Male, come. Female, come. 6,000 trumpeters, come and play. 120 Levites. Somebody who was not a priest saw Jesus and employed priests. Priests started to walk for somebody who was not of the tribe of priests. Because there were priests, but there was one who had seen the real priesthood. Took everything away. God and the people. The people and God. A type of what we are in today. So the New Testament is the tabernacle of David. Not the tabernacle of Moses. Not the temple of Solomon either. But the New Testament is the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of access unrestricted. What does it look like? Everybody could see. Just as now we can behold the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You have access, son of God. You have been loud-mouthed about it. You have access. You have access. Imitate the access you have. Life comes to mess you up. Do what Jesus did. Father, I thank you that you have. You have heard me. I thank you that you hear me always. And on the strength of that, I command this mountain to move. Command the strongholds broken. Because wonders are still what you do. You better celebrate Jesus in this place like you lost your mind and give him glory because you have access celebrate the access you have celebrate the access that you have celebrate the access that you have celebrate the access that you have, that you have. I said celebrate the access make the devil mad
Hallelujah. We have access. The privilege of access. We imitate our elder brother. Jesus the pattern son. We enforce his reality as ours. By kingdom privilege. And we give you thanks and praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at or visit our social media platforms.